Yeah, you can get literally anything you want from this community. I don't want to say there's something for everyone because that's like lame and cheesy and cliche, but there's something for everybody here. And everybody at one point in this community was essentially more or less like no one. Mm. I was no one at one point. Duke still was no, no one at one point. Winan was no one at one point. Atrophius was no one at one point. Daiku was no one at one At one point, everybody was just another Brawlhalla community member. And if that's all you ever want to be, that's just as important as any other role in the Brawlhalla community. So you can have anything you want you can be a commentator you can be a top player you can be a ranked warrior you can be part of production you can create silly memes and put them on twitter like you can do whatever you want in this community but like you, you have to do it it's important that you do it Welcome to Brahalla Origins. On this show, I interview notable members of the Brahalla community to talk to them about how they found Brahalla and progress to how involved they are with the community today. On today's episode, I interview Duke, Sparky, and White Sheepy. These three are longtime friends and members of the Brahalla community. White Sheepy is currently the lead producer over at Brahalla, where she organizes what the team is working on, and Duke and Sparky are well known as one of the premier casting duos for Brahalla Esports. Brahalla Origins is presented by Brawl Academy. Brawl Academy will provide the most advanced and detailed courses and coaching specifically meant for helping beginner level players get to diamond. Brawl Academy is currently in a closed private beta and expected to launch to the public in early 2024, but if you want help quickly, replay reviews and coaching are now available. Sign up over at brawlacademy.com for more info. And with that, on with the show. Duke, Sparky, White Sheepy, welcome to Brawlhalla Origins. You said my name How- first. <laughs> right? Shut up, Duke! <laughs> How, uh, I to say. How are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing well. Good, I'm, good. I'm sleepy! but I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> it's great having all of you here at the same time because I was, I've originally wanted to do like a whole bunch of individual interviews, but then I did one earlier in the season where I had a couple people on at the same time and I realized, well, why don't I just do that with the three of you? Because you kind of have been a bit glued together in my eyes for, for a large part of Brahala's history. And so I thought it would be nice to talk to all of you as a group kind of about that in addition to like all of your individual histories as well. So one thing that I want to do is just kind of jump right into kind of like everybody's background and how they found Brahalla and what got you all started playing the game. Did you find it together? Was it individual or how did that work out? Let's start with Duke. Uh, yeah, so... Uh... I actually introduced them to it. Yeah. So I am the type of person who will just like randomly go onto like video game areas and just like download games or just like find things that I think are going to be fun. And uh, conveniently, this one was free to play. I think at the time it was still like closed yeah. beta. So I got a code off of some random website. <laughs> who knows if it's legit or even still you existent, two, but either way. Three, three, you got three. I, got, I think I got enough for all. You yeah. got some credit card numbers on the uh, dark web and then use <laughs> that to, to, to buy the key off of eBay. Yeah, I had a gas station skimmer, uh, but <laughs> we were hanging out one day and I was like, hey, let's try this video game out. And uh, I think we all end up having enough fun that I ended up giving a key, uh, keys to both of them. And then uh, from there kind of just took That's off awesome. for us. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned like going to a website to get codes because uh, I had Stefanofro on earlier in the season and he talked about actually pirating Brawlhalla in closed beta so that he could play it before it was actually in open beta. And that is dedication. And 
Did he say where he got it from? I know, he didn't, but I thought that was hilarious because it was like actually pirated as in like he couldn't play it online until the open beta Why? started. Wow. How, how did he know about it and want it that bad? I, honestly, wow. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. It, it's a great episode. You guys should watch it when it comes out. So he asked from that transition, like, how did you guys kind of get started on your journey that led to sort of like, because I know the three of you were like kind of the main operators of like BCS and like those types of events as well. Like what led you to Ooh. starting or starting Brahalla and then eventually getting involved in like creating events and participating in kind of that part of the community as well? Uh, well, it's it's it started and uh, interject or correct me if I'm wrong because my memory is not the greatest. <laughs> but it that's I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, it, it originally started as like we wanted a, a way to play together rather than just like hey we're gonna play customs for 16 hours and play custom after custom one v one one v one one v one. He's a Taros player. That's not an enjoyable experience for, for you're a Vrax player. Like this Vrax, is not a conversation. Yeah, was... Okay, Queen Nai. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So we're all we're all genuinely problems is where we're going. And so really, we did, we it, we initially wanted a way to play like together. And when in on honestly, I don't remember you playing it with us. It, it seems I like did, you kind of stopped like a little bit because we we would all end up butting heads. No. <laughs> butting heads in what did way? We? I think we definitely. I think if I, well. When Ann's very competitive, as am I, and so we we definitely will have. Yeah, some, I mostly uh, I said we. Arguments. I was being generous. It's 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 certainly two people in this call, and it's it's not me and Atrophius <laughs> that would butt heads. No, I I what I recall is that I definitely I definitely we had definitely played as a group, and then yeah, any time we would do ones, I would I would get pretty heated because. <laughs> eh. You know, so I know we first got started like, like we we played it, mm -hmm. we played it, and then Duke would sometimes stream it. At the time, Duke was streaming um pretty consistently, and then as Duke started streaming it, we started getting to know some community members more. Daiku was like one of the first people to show up, even Foda mm -hmm. too. Foda at the time was just a you know a player in the community as well. We started getting to know like all the community folks, and then as we kept playing and getting to the community and diving deeper we realized that there actually is like a for what it was there was actually a, a small competitive scene duke i think it was you duke who you were like hey hey why don't we do something i think we could do something and i think we could do something really good and then i was like yeah and then rammy was like yeah and then we we were like what could we do that would be different and at the time, there really wasn't any 2v2s. Mm. And that's kind of where we got started. I think all three of us, we had production experience back in college. We were all part of a, a student-run television station, volunteer TV show called Video Game Hour Live. So we all had production experience They mostly camera. did. I had, no, like, did I, I had like a little bit. You, yeah, but you had experience being on yeah, camera. Yeah, you had experience. Yeah, so the, the point is that we had experience. And so we were like, oh, we could do something good. And at the time... There were a lot of single events, but not really 2v2s. And we're like, let's try something there. Honestly, and... there weren't even that many singles events. There would be like one every three months. Yeah, there was like, at the time, I think two two main tournaments. It was like Compton yeah. and then oh, yeah, Raiders Compton. things would be like yeah. the two that I remember distinctly from around that time. And then like, once we started rolling with things like Friendly Fire and BCS, like Gravy mm -hmm. Cancel started becoming a thing. And then Brawl League. But, like, um, kind of to what Wanan was talking about was, like, we wanted to do something different to make our tournament stand out a little bit more. And so 
at the time, you know, like two v twos wasn't really a thing, or it didn't have, uh, it didn't have friendly, friendly fire. fire. At the time. Yeah, at the time. So we did we did free for alls with uh, with the same colors per team. So you would mm. be like the yellow team. You both have the yellow color, and then the blue team would both have the blue color. And then uh, I think like Dan or someone yeah. saw that stream and was like, "We're gonna just turn on friendly fire." Yeah, and they just That's like amazing. put that in the. Code. It was like crazy fast how that happened like we had the tournament and then like within the next week bam actually friendly fire in brahala and that made our lives easier as we continued creating friendly fire tournaments um so just, it was just incredible to, they, just to yeah. kind of put it in context for everybody that's watching like what is the time period for this then is this like 2015 2016 it's probably 2015 okay. 2015, this is like before the first BCS. Yeah. yeah, this was before, like at least a yeah. year before the first. I'm pretty BCS, sure it was 2015. I want to say 2015, I think. Yeah. Wow, a while back. <laughs> so you guys kind of alluded to you've known each other well before Brahala. Like clearly, you guys have been friends for a long time. Like how how long have you all well, friends is a loose term. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> especially especially you two, uh, Duke and Sheepy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Ah, that's true. Um, yeah, we've known each other for uh, a long time, since college. Uh, we met each other, all three of us met each other in, in college. Um, uh, it was literally through Video Game Hour Live, which is a student-run television show on the UT campus, University of mm -hmm. Austin, uh, or University of Texas at Austin campus. And Duke and I met through volunteering that the show, we first met Rami through a competition, and it was a Call of Duty competition. Oh, perfect! And... She loves telling the story. She loves yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, I, bet, I bet she does. She's love so it. proud of this. True, because it's true. She's oh so my proud of this. God. Yeah, it's it, true. it's true, and a lot, some of the things she says are absolutely true. Nope. And others, others, some of the other things that she says, <laughs> falsehoods. No, no, no. Remember your falsehoods. memory. Your memory is bad. I remember this clearly because. Uh, uh, video game hour live, which I'll shorten to VGHL. We would run um, local, you know, tournaments at nearby cafes and things like that. And so that's one of the things we did with Call of Duty and Street Fighter at the time. Um, I can't remember which edition of Street Fighter. Was it four? Uh, Probably four. But it yeah. was like, okay, we're gonna run like a local four. tournament. Anyone can sign up. You don't have to be a college student. Just sign up and play. And we were at this cafe, and. I think Rami, you sign up on that day. You like pass by, and you're just like. There were okay. there were uh, there were like flyers up in my dorm that I okay. saw, and yeah, I, I signed up that day. Because I was like, you didn't pre-register, and like you sign up that day, and you know we were also trying to help out and like fill up the bracket. So even the volunteers signed up, and so I was signed up. Was there pre-registering? I thought y'all everything was I done by was. hand on like one of those giant notepads that you have like the tearaway thing. I'm pretty sure everything was just like there. There wasn't any challenge bracket. There was no start GG. <laughs> like yeah. I'm pretty sure it was like College come to Cafe Intermezzo yeah, on Guadalupe Street at 6:30 p.m. I think it was Cafe Medici. Intermezzo is here. Oh yeah, in yeah, you're right. Atlanta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's an Atlanta cafe. It's like one of my favorite. There goes cafes. my memory. Again. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, so we you know we we were all volunteers and we wanted to help fill up the bracket. So I remember having I had to sign up, Duke had to sign up, and other volunteers too. 
And we did play Call of Duty at the time. That's one thing that Duke and I connected on, actually, when we were still just friends, is, is actually oh, Call wow. of Duty. And uh, we had a competition. I actually had to play against Rami here. 1v1. Yeah, I don't it even is remember crazy what that the, the people running the tournament actually played <laughs> in the tournament, uh, if we want to talk what, about, what you is, know, what some of the integrity mean? there. Oh, Sparty, did you lose? So, yeah, of course I lost. lost. What do you, why do you think he she's lost. looking at my dang screen? <laughs> I was trying I to be an honorable combatant. Yeah, this is, this was wasn't not... even on a land. This was literally oh, on war. Yes. I, I was trying I was to be an, an honorable warfighter. No. A oh true warrior. <laughs> this is what he always claims. That has Anytime... respect for those that are brave enough to step no, into no, the no. crucible. Every time we retell this story, he always says that I cheated by looking at his screen. And then, and then false. she's over here. You can see her eyes skill. darting up and down. Up no. and down, up and down. Bro, oh, she pre-fired me around the corner. How'd she know I was there? Just skill. I, the 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 kill that got him was I I was prone underneath like some platform or something. I don't remember the map, but I remember there's like a wooden platform somewhere map. in the middle, and then I was prone underneath it, and I, sh I shot you. <laughs> Which map was it? So if anything. I don't remember the name, but if I saw screenshots of it, I could I could tell you oh, exactly okay. which one. All I'm saying is Rami is mad that I was a camper. And that's why uh, he lost. That's a camper and another C word that ends with an ER, and it's G. <laughs> no, okay. not at all. Not at all. But the point <laughs> is. Where's that going? <laughs> I qualified <laughs> it with the ER at the end. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. The point is that that is actually how we first met Rami. And I guess, wait, I keep calling you Rami. For those who don't, I realize this is going to go to the public i rammy is a personal nickname i give to sparky because his last name is ram mm. and then i thought rammy is a Dogs. good nickname i'm gonna call you rammy from now on literally that was it i like approached him and was like what is your name oh alex ram some people call me sparky i was like okay ram rammy i'm gonna call you <laughs> rammy instead of sparky <laughs> and, that's, and that's literally it so i've called him rammy for like over 10 years or i don't know how well, also at VGHL, there was another Alex, oh, and he right, was yeah, there yeah. first, which is also funny because that's how I got my nickname of Sparky in high school was because when I joined Drumline, there was another kid who was there first and older than I was. His name was Alec. Oh. And oh. so that's how I got that nickname. And then the other Alex at VGHL, he got to keep his name because he was there first. So that's how I became. We didn't even call him Alex. Yeah, we always called him by his last name, too. Always? <laughs> Yeah, like 90%, like 90 of, the time. of the time, we always called him by his last name. But I just didn't want to call you Sparky. I thought Rammy was a, a much funner and cuter name. So I said, Rammy. And I've called you that literally ever since. Ever since we became, like, friends and got to know each other in college. But the first time we met was through that competition. And then I think that's when you... Didn't you sign up to volunteer for VJHL, like, shortly after that? Uh, yeah, it was probably, like, right after that. And, and then that's how we got to further hang out because we would go do the show record and it was a live show so it was a live show for about an hour sometimes we record stuff afterwards and then uh i'll go hang out go eat dinner late and things like that and so that's how we all three of us started hanging out a lot more and like getting to know each other and so we've been friends for a really long time <laughs> that's amazing <clears throat> so and it is crazy that after that horrible welcome that I got with oh the, the, the cheating and the <laughs> bracket breaking <laughs> that, oh that I still God. came back that shows my love for gaming for gaming okay. specifically you're right you're very dedicated specifically yeah. gaming okay has nothing to do with either of these two right no okay not at all 
though <laughs> so I did from the very beginning I pegged them as the like they they I there was kind of, there was like a ranking in the group and they were at, they were at the top of the ranking oh, so okay. this 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 was my like master plan to to penetrate into the group and, and work my work my way to the top is I evaluated who this. was on the bottom of the totem pole that. and then everybody else right, in right, between right. And so I initially made my mark upon the bottom of the totem pole, and then I worked my way up until all of a sudden I'm the cock of the walk. Like I'm, I'm the man. I'm, I'm the top of the totem pole. I'm number one. I'm sure, not even man. contributing that much to the show at that point, but I'm the number one. Guy. I don't think you ever got the producer role, but all right, sir. <laughs> Yeah, I never, I never held any leadership position. I never I held like, any power. I, I, I contributed like as little as I got possibly the title. could. Oh my gosh. Okay, okay, let's bring this back to Brahalla. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I like to ask uh, all of the guests is kind of a little bit about sort of like your Brahalla progression and like how you learned the game itself. Um, maybe a touchy question, but what rank are all of you currently? <laughs> I'll go first because mine's the easiest answer. I actually don't really play ranked okay. anymore. That's cop out. I actually like. That's a cop out. I actually. What, no, what was, that's what true. Was your, I actually don't what really was your play... most recent rank then when you... Yeah. Um, when I actually... This is actually before I got hired. But when I actually was playing Brahalla very consistently and competitively, I the only highest I got was high gold. Um, that That's it. I, I never... I, it was really hard for me to even jump mm. beyond that. And I'm fine admitting that. That's fine. And nowadays, I actually... I've I've said this on dev streams too, and it's true. I actually prefer playing like the game modes, the free right. brawls, the brawl of the weeks. I like participating in kind of those like casual group game modes now, or twos. I still like yeah. twos. I don't play it as often as I used to, or as competitively. But uh, I I personally like the casual game modes a lot more, and I'm fine being a casual <laughs> gamer. <laughs> How about you, Duke? Uh, I get diamond every season. That's like a personal goal. And then I stop playing ranked because <laughs> I, I get very salty and I admit that. So I just, I do enough to get diamond and then I'm like, I'm good. And then I, I stop playing nice. ranked until the next Sorry. season. I used to get diamond every season and then I stopped playing ranked like all together and would like only play customs because uh, ranked is just a miserable experience. I don't know how anyone plays that many ranked games in a row. Like the ranked warriors who queue game after game after game, like they're just wired different than I am. But I started playing ranked recently, like in the past week. And Ooh. I'm I'm so close to diamond. Like every night I'll queue and I'll get to like 1997, 1998, and then I'll lose like one game and then I'll lose another game. And Scythe is currently the one. That's the one gatekeeping <laughs> me from diamond right now. It's It's tough out there for a blasters player you're welcome <clears throat> dude that was that was like the like most frustrating pain uh back when i used to have to like hardcore grind for diamond was like getting to 1999 and then queuing and then seeing no. like <laughs> and being like okay <laughs> just like okay i'll wait go next and then like have to re-grind back up yeah it was always a pain you guys have been running events and things like that for a long time now and kind of participating in the community like Duke and Sparky as casters. Uh, Sheep, you've been a regular host and things of events and things like that. You talked a little bit about your previous experience in production in college. How did that kind of like contribute to the way that you organize events and, and participate in the community and, and things of that nature? I don't know who wants to go first. Well, you, you're talking talk now. Well, you, you spoke oh, well, first. I'll go, because I'll, my stuff is mostly behind mm. the scenes. That's how I started first. And then and then a more recent stuff is me being on camera. But 
um, you know, back in the day when we were doing Brahala Championship Series, that's yep. BCS. I was just a natural organizer. I mean, I still do that in my day-to-day -day job. I am a lead producer at Brahala. That's literally a part of my, my description here, just managing different teams and coordination of patches. So it's always come natural to me to uh, coordinate and run things in the background. So the boys would be literally on camera doing their thing and I was TO and I was the only mm. TO. So at least back in the day, there wasn't too many uh, competitors so I could manage it all, but I was the one literally coordinating all the players to get into your room, getting the scores, matches, all that bracket, all that, all by myself and helping with whatever else they needed because they would be on camera, but I think Duke would also be running like the production and switching mm. scenes and things like that. And so luckily having that experience back in college kind of helped with managing all of this as we were getting into tournament organizing. And then I feel like as the years progress, we just gain and gain and garner more experience. Um, and then personally for me, recently I've been able to uh, be on camera with the boys um, and be an esport host. And uh, luckily that, that, you know, came kind of naturally too. Um, I will say it took a little bit of, you know, a couple times to like kind of get used to like how things roll with them and, and what they're doing on camera. But, you know, luckily, like everything that I've learned in the past back in college leading up to now, like I started picking up really quickly as far as like how, you know, rundowns run. What do I need to tell them? It's it's kind of honestly similar to coordination, too. It's all about coordinating. Right. And so I'm just doing that on camera now and trying to make sure that whatever production is telling me, I'm making sure that the guys are on track talking about it so that we're not running super far behind. It's kind of very similar to what I do. So I think that's why it all comes pretty naturally, but that's for me. Um, they probably have different experiences because they've been on camera for pretty much the whole time. I've mostly just been on-screen talent. Like I ran the production while we were, while like Duke and I were on screen like one time. And I had like my keyboard set up with all the scene changes on OBS and had like sticky notes so that I knew which F key did what. But that that, that was like one time. And then there were a handful of times where I would run uh, check-in for tournaments. Because again, this was back before StarGG had all the pre-check-in and all that kind of stuff. And it would be, you join the Discord and you say, hey, it, it's me, I'm checking in right now. <laughs> and then we would like check off the box so that we knew not to DQ you on the challenge bracket. But that I only did that a handful of times. So I've I've mostly been the guy who shows up and then they say okay three two one go and then i go so that's i i've, I've been on screen talent and that's that's about it mm. <laughs> yeah i i think i've done a, a lot of various things kind of like sparky said like people don't know how spoiled they are nowadays because like we had to do challenge uh i used to have to ping bmg and be like hey can i get a spreadsheet oh, yeah. of people's ranks because 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 there wasn't a like a system for seating people a lot of people would just do like personal feelings like how they gut check vibes seating. based seating of course um, there was yeah there wasn't like a power ranking or anything i would use elo but like rather than look at i don't even know if brahala.com slash ranking existed at the time like i no, would have to ping and ask for a spreadsheet of people's elos and then put it all in and then rank them or sort them and then pick out the people's names who signed up and if they picked a name that wasn't their rank name then i would have a harder time so that was like one of the rules was like please make your name the same name which fortunately kind of like stuck i think um but like a lot of things have kind of progressed from like 
we we were players and watchers and then people we took our like college experience and did production so i was streaming at the time so that helped with like putting production brain into it and stuff like that and then like like sheepy said there were times where i would have to do production and cast and i think there was some awkwardness like you could find like yep. old vods where i'm like sitting there i'm like okay sparky fill for a second <laughs> while i figure out how to update like it was i dude it was so bad nowadays there's a whole uh website that they use to update the um scoreboards i used to have to do that yep. on the obs scene the where i tool. press backspace <laughs> and then i press like two and then send and then update so it's like it's changed so much since then um but it's been it's definitely been a good experience kind of learning all these different aspects of the production because i think it helps me to appreciate all the work that other people do to make things smooth nice. Yeah, when we got the the rankings page where you could search, that was so much nicer than looking at a spreadsheet with like thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of names. That was huge. Nice. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about how this one's kind of specific for Duke and Sparky, like casting. Like you guys, in my mind, and this might not be the same for a lot of people, but I guess because of the era that I kind of started Brawlhalla in and watching you guys kind of advance in like your casting career in Brawlhalla to me you guys are the voice of competitive Brawlhalla so like when <laughs> so like like what else do you think <laughs> more nice Tell things more please. but like when, I I got used to a very long time where like the final top four the final top eight would be Duke and Sparky and that just became kind of the the expectation of of how tournaments would sound to me and so kind of walk me through a little bit about how you guys got started with casting and kind of how it progressed and how you guys kind of got to the point where and i don't know if you guys think of it the same way as i do but like how you kind of became the iconic sort of like voice of brawlhalla esports it's funny because if you look at the uh original reddit post that we made for the first friendly fire 2v2 tournament which is the first tournament we ever did we even said in that original post teasing the event that hey do y'all like we want to do the commentary but if you don't want us to do the commentary like that's okay you can tell us and we'll have someone else do it because there was like there was raiden and there was uh compton emt and so even from the very beginning like we didn't know what we were doing I had never watched an eSport in my life, and I didn't watch traditional sports either, so... That's not what? true. You watch Smite. Not really. And oh, okay. I, I don't think so. At maybe a little bit at that point, but I didn't watch I didn't watch esports on Smite, and I wasn't paying enough attention to figure out like, oh, okay, so they're they're bringing it back to the stat screen here, and then here's how yeah, they're gonna tell this fair. story on this. Like, no, I, none of that was in my mind. I I just like performing. Mm. I like telling jokes, and I like performing. That's that's what I did in high school band, and so really it was just like. Aren't you supposed to play the instrument in high school? Band? Yeah, I played an instrument in high school band. I was on the drum line. Yeah, we already we talked about this they earlier. They were performing. What are you? Yeah, but you're telling you're telling jokes. I though. was I was telling jokes all throughout band. In fact, I got in trouble a lot of times for telling yeah, a lot of jokes. That sounds problematic. Uh, so I really I just I wanted to perform, and that was and commentary was my way to perform because I love performing, and. So yeah, it was just like we just had to you just had to do it. There's no like there was there was no how-to guide on how to do it. You just had to sit there and figure out how we're going to make this work and how I wanted to get across the messages that I wanted to get across. And in the beginning it was so bad. I was so selfish. It was about me 
and me uh, making a huge impact and everybody in chat laughing at my jokes and the funny things that I said, rather than making it about the perf the, the, uh, the, the competitors and the eSport and, the, and their storylines. Um, so I was definitely really selfish in the beginning in that sense. Uh, but it was it was literally just like doing it. It was you just had to do it and you had to be out there on camera in front of at that time, like hundreds of people. And you had to fall flat on your face and feel like an idiot and be embarrassed and just kind of push through that to figure out, at least for me, the way I personally wanted to be me while also doing the, the commentary that you needed to do in order to like glorify the esport and make people care about the esport and the storylines that are happening and the victories and the losses and the journeys and everything in between. Yeah, I think Sparky kind of hit the nail on the head about how like it was definitely a growing experience. I think if you look back at how we were when we started and how we are now, it's changed a lot. And I think to, to some people, they might think it's gotten worse. I personally think it's gotten better. At the very least, I'm not dying at the end of it because I used to scream for like mm. eight hours straight. But it was definitely like a growing period uh, or, or like a growing experience because like we would, you know, put on an event. We would do Friendly Fire. We would do BCS, uh, you know, week one or whatever. And then like afterwards, uh, almost always there'd be someone saying something. It would be like Pugsy on Reddit being like, they don't know anything about the game. Or it would be like a message from somebody at BMG being like, y'all can't be so negative <laughs> about these people. And so like a lot of times, you know, you have to take that feedback and just kind of like internalize it and adapt it to whatever you're doing. Um, I think Sparky's done a lot better job of kind of filtering that feedback and saying like, okay, you know, you, you might have some good points, but I still want to do it this way. Whereas I am like, I think more jaded every time somebody says something even remotely mean to me, or even if so, they like, if we cast together and somebody says Sparky's so funny, I get sad. It's just like a thing where, you know, you have to be able to take that feedback and, and spin it into something that you can work with, which again, I, I have a hard time with, but um, that's kind of like how the growth has, has happened. Cause aside from like a handful of people that have like actively kind of gone out of their way to help us some people who i don't think i'm allowed to mention um but like it 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 really was just kind of a you try you fail go again can i say something because sure. yeah i i definitely want to say that as as i've been you know watching the boys since the beginning it's it's definitely like what Duke and Rami is saying, that it's a growing experience, but we, we definitely along the, le, a, the way, we did get like actually good constructive feedback um, from different areas, places, and things like that. And and bad I, feedback I, from qualified and, individuals. <laughs> and bad feedback true. too. And that's also part of the learning experience too, is I guess watching the boys figure out like what, what actually was good feedback and what actually is constructive. Um, and it's, I, I feel like it was definitely a, a journey for, for the both of them. I even gave them notes sometimes too, only because I have experience in mm. acting and I, I can use that performance experience to be like, here's kind of, kind of the impression you want to give as far as like storytelling and how you hold yourself, how you talk, what is the pacing, what is the tone, you know, make sure you make the important things important because if you make everything important, then nothing's important. Like I, I, I would try my best to help out where possible and I remember um kind of those like growing pains in a sense of just them going out it and then <laughs> getting some feedback and then trying and trying and trying again um it's it's definitely been a journey and I honestly feel like they have grown so much and are 
so fantastic at what they do that they make it feel so easy. If you want me to put my opinion on, on what you guys do, yeah. seriously. I, I feel like you guys have done it for so long now. Uh, you guys literally make it look so easy. What else? And it was never. And it was not an, but it wasn't an easy start. Like you guys legitimately just jumped in. We were like, hey, let's do a 2v2 tournament. And then y'all just, just jumped in. And we're like, all right, here we are. Welcome to Friendly Fire. <laughs> but also, um, like, like with what Duke was talking about, about like the Pugsies of the world talking about things and, and giving us feedback like that is the community was also really receptive because yeah. everything was so new at that point. So like when we announced a $300 prize pool tournament, everyone was like, whoa, we made it. I can't believe a $300 <laughs> prize pool tournament. Look at the production on this. It's insane. We've never had anything like this before. You had more than two yeah. scenes. So what? Like, people were just like mostly excited that it existed, period. Mm -hmm. So that was like a really easy way for us to get into it because also like a lot of the community at the time they were like 13 and 14 yeah. year olds so like they didn't know that much better either they didn't consume the esports that they're consuming now they weren't watching hours of lcs and other league and valorant and csgo and esl and all that kind of stuff so like they at the time like they had dumb kid brain just like i had dumb kid brain at that age so they didn't know any better so it was it, it was it was a really easy way quote-unquote easy way to start where it was it was easy to fail you really weren't held that accountable for your failures no one was raking you over the coals when you like said something wrong mm. or flubbed a call or mispronounced that's not name. true that's not true people would get mad if you said the frame data wrong People would, I, you would. They I, wouldn't I, get I, that I, no. mad. They would like. They wouldn't get mad. Okay. They weren't like, I, I, I can't handle this. This person needs to be fired. I think their I guess, their house yeah. needs to be drone not, striked. They need to lose <laughs> everything that they've ever loved in their life. They're the worst person because they said it was a twelve startup frame instead of eleven. Every every single time. So you know, you post the video on YouTube or whatever. Every single time somebody puts a timestamp and is like, it's actually three frames, or they've actually won four tournaments. I die inside. <laughs> Every single time. That to me is that that's my I can't say that. <laughs> I always had the mentality of like, okay, come take my job. That that was pretty much any feedback I got in the beginning was like, okay, come do it better. That's uh, that that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I make mistakes. Come do it better. If they were like actually haters and not just like Kyler Alice in chat saying like, uh, actually it's 14 frames because like he he means well. Like Pugsy with his with his constructive criticism, like Pugsy of course meant well. Daiku yeah. meant well. They wanted the product to get better. They wanted us to get better. They wanted everything to get better ultimately. But then for the haters out there, it's like, yeah, just, okay, do it better than me. Do it better than me and come take my job and make me sit down and hold the L. Otherwise, pipe down, idiot. <laughs> that's, that's great. For, <laughs> for the people that might be interested in uh, coming and taking your job, like, what kind of recommendations do you guys have for getting started in casting at, the, at this point? I, guess, I feel like it's much more competitive now than it was back when you started like we've got we've got some pretty solid like hardcore casters in this community at this point with like flambo and zipmaster flex dara like there's a lot of competition in casting skiff shout out skiff. oh yeah skiff yeah skiff's great ajax uh, I, I, yeah i agree and i disagree though because i think there's still a lot of room for people i like you're not wrong to say that 
uh, there is a lot more competition and I think it's much harder to get into it and get your foot in. But I think if you have the skills and talent, I think there is there is an empty seat waiting for you is mm. kind of where my head goes with that. But I, I do acknowledge, like, I don't think if I tried to get into Brahala competitive right now, like if I woke up a 30 plus year old in, you know, Austin, Texas, and was like, I want to do this fighting game thing. I don't think I could do it because honestly, I think I think it is a young person's game that that like fo mm. foot in the door stuff like you have to be hungry and you have to grind. And there are times where it gets tiring because let's said let's all, you know, acknowledge that there's not that much money in esports um, or in the production side of it sometimes as well. So like, I think it, it's really hard to get into um, in that aspect. But if, if you're young, hungry and you got the talent, I think there is definitely a seat open for you. I'm glad I don't have to do it now because um, it's like the the growing pains of it is is, is you, you look at at anybody who's starting it now, specifically in Brahala. Again, like I said earlier, it's like in the beginning, everybody was just so stoked to have something. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a tournament that happened and they were like, wow, that was fun. I can't wait to do this again in three or four months, right? There's a tournament probably later that day in the same region that all the same players are also going to play in. So the the fact that like uh, like the rising tide raises all boats, that like there's, there's now a precedent that like people are good. And there's so many good people that if you're new to it, and you sit down on the desk and you're not at a certain level that everybody already expects you to be at, even if it's your first time and there's no way for you to be that good at all. People are like, this, this person's terrible. They're horrible. I never want to see them again on this desk. Uh, please get casters that know what they're talking about. Like I know uh, for the like the Lost Kingdom tournaments with Veggie Mamas and like Sinketsu when they do commentary, mm. people will just go after them really really roughly and it's 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 not fair mm. because everybody starts from somewhere and everybody should get that chance to fail and try things and learn what works and learn what works for them learn what works for other people that may not work for them learn what works for them and not other people so like everybody deserves that chance but when you go out there you shouldn't be held to the same standard as like bcx top four you have to be this good or there's no sense in practicing. I mean, it's just like if, if you're a player, you're not going to go out there and you're not going to you're not going to win the tournament. Right. You're going to go out there and you're going to go 0-2 and then you're going to go home and practice. And then the next week you're going to go in the tournament, go 0-2. And then you're going to go to the next tournament and go 0-2. And then you might go 1-2 and then you might go 2-2 and eventually you might go 3-2, so on and so forth. And you'll make your way through the bracket. Commentators deserve that as well because there is no science to good commentary. It's it. Well, there is, but it's also an art form <laughs> just as much as there is a science to it. And I think it's really important to let those people fail at so many different levels at so many different times to figure out what works before you write them off and say like, oh, OK, well, it, it, yeah, you, you tried it. We get it. Yeah, you, I hope you had your fun, but uh, sit down and, and let, let the real gamers get it. Well, I do want to say that you kind of mentioned there, there is a little bit of what people are interested in seeing when they see someone on the screen talking about the game, right? So for me, what I like seeing when it comes to other esports scenes and commentators and things like that is um, obviously know the game, right? Yeah, know the game. That's why probably the first thing. Know the game. <laughs> know the moves. Know what's going on, the characters, legends, whatever. You know, know the game. That's like probably rule number one. And rule number two is probably like 
once you know the game, there's a way to present it, right? You're not just stating facts, data, player names. There's a way to weave a story, what's going on, make it exciting. It's storytelling. And so I think um, having that kind of presence will help or understanding at least the fact, the, the, the notion of storytelling. Um, at least that's how I feel when I watch these guys, when I watch other commentators and other, you know, esports scene. And obviously everyone has their own different style. That's fine. But I feel like the main two things you gotta have if you're trying to start off is know the game, start learning how to storytell. And you, and of course, do it in your own way, whatever that means to you, whether it's a little bit more laid back, maybe a little bit more funny, maybe more, you know, matter of fact, I don't know, whatever. But I feel like those are the two things that would help anyone get started. And, and I think if you haven't that's... found your style, just watch and emulate. That's oh yeah that's yeah a, exactly like if you yeah. were if you were learning how to play the game, you watch a good player. You like you, you pull up a, a CS:GO line uh, the grenade lineups video, and you just you just em emulate that, and that's how you f you like stumble your way into Ooh. your style. Like from the very beginning, I don't watch a lot of esports, but I watch Scar and Tof do melee top mm. eights, and I wanted to be Scar. I wanted to be Scar more than anything in the world. And there was one time specifically that Kyler Alice said, we're going to bring him up uh, again. Kyler Alice said, Sparky is the Scar of Brahalla, which is uh, completely overblown and not true whatsoever. Scar is incredible, and I live in his shadow. I'm a small speck in, in, the, in the universe, and he is my son. Someone's a fan. S-U-N, <laughs> not S-O-N. But when he said that, I was like, I, I made it. It's, it it's, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. But watch and emulate. That's, that, that was a big thing for me early on starting out is like i i wouldn't watch melee top eights for the melee mm. i didn't care i don't know the first thing about melee i love mango mango's the goat but aside from that i don't i don't care about melee whatsoever but i like watching scar and tof because i like watching scar and tof i would watch old episodes of the reeds which was like a, a podcast where scar and tof and a guest would play melee on anther's ladder or a ranked I ladder and it wasn't for the melee. It was for Scar and Tof. I cared about them more than anything. So I watched and I tried to emulate what Scar and Tof did that made them successful as I relate to this very strongly because I know very little about StarCraft, but I love watching Tasteless and Artosis cast. Like, I'm. Oh my God, that's yes. The, kind of the, the same thing there for me. She, she be kind of maybe partially answered this question, uh, but it was one that I wanted to pose to everybody. Like, in your personal opinion, what is your favorite sort of like style of casting and maybe not in Brawlhalla, but even in, even in other games, like, is there something that's like, and you can kind of maybe describe like scars sort of like style. If that, if, if that's what it is for you, Sparky, but, um, but if there's like something that you could point to as a style or like a, a way that, that someone casts in esports, what what would be your favorite? I don't know, because, like, from the very beginning, there was always, like, the idea of, like, okay, well, who's, uh, who's like, the play-by-play -play guy, who's the color guy, and, like, which one of you is going to do the analysis? And I never liked those kind of, like, strict rules and, like, traditional boundaries. That never really made sense to me, at least because of Brahalla. And this could all come from, like, my ignorance of esports and how you commentate fighting games, but... I, I always liked or I always liked the the individuality of the commentator coming through and the experiences from the commentator's life coming through and being related to the game. So I really like when like when Scar 
talks about stuff that is not melee. And he starts talking about like ancient philosophy or weird anime movies he's seen. And finding those ways, because that's those were ways that I would then connect with the commentator and then through that avenue connect back to the game. And so I felt like that that was really important for me because that was part of my personal expression and part of my personal performance so that I could connect with the viewer. And through that, we could all engage in this arena that that is the video game through things that you relate to, through references that you make to the media that you consume or the food that you eat. And that was my way to more or less like unselfishly express myself creatively through the the, you know, the things that I find important in my life and how they relate to Brawl. I, I love this answer because it really explains all of the 80s and 90s pop culture references that like 98% of the player base of Brawlhalla just doesn't understand. <laughs> okay. Sparky never talked about Miles, the game. Yeah, like that, that, that was the biggest piece of feedback that I... I'm going to say I'm going to say a curse word. I'm going to do a swear. I didn't give a shit about that. Anytime anyone said that, I would go on Twitter and I would see people piss and moan the same thing about <laughs> Scar and Tove. And you're going to tell me that they're wrong? Get out of town. There's the door. Head out. And don't let it, it, it hit you in your butt when you're on the way out. Like I, I was... I, 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 I always, when I heard that, instantly ignored. I did not care about I, the I honestly the worthless. I feedback. honestly thought it was great because I actually got most of the references. So. And don't say 80s <laughs> and 90s. <laughs> You're so I talk, I talk about Drake's. Mike is such an old. Look at what man. I put on Twitter recently with the the like NBA meme sports photos. Those are quotes okay, from okay, Drake's okay. latest album that he released like a week okay, ago. He's yeah. coping. Just let just let him cope. <laughs> I'm young. You're just you're just let tagging along to NSYNC's LeBron posting. <laughs> I'm a I'm a young buck. <laughs> just let him let him cope. But I do think there is definitely truth in what Rami said because I I we I like that too. I like seeing the the commentators personality kind of like come in and out uh when they are well yeah commentating the game um i guess most of my commentators that i like listening to and watching is actually from the fgc mm. so you're talking about your say jams your yipes your tasty steve you, you know like goat. yeah like i yeah, i I love, I, I love their casting but, but for different reasons right because they have that good mix of Here's great information. Here's exactly what's going on. It's super exciting, and here's why. And also, just they just have a fun time, and you can see that personality come out. And so, you know, it's okay if you don't always, you know, talk about the game. <laughs> okay, it's it's okay. Um, and so that I like those kind of commentators, and I totally agree with what Rami is saying, and that there, there's I, I love seeing individual like the, the person's individual personality come through. And honestly, that's what makes them unique as commentators mm. as well. So, my answer is so different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so I see my commentary as like every time I see I hear a commentator that I like, I, it's like throwing mud on me, and then every time someone gives a criticism, it's like chipping away at that mud. So it's like this weird mix of like I've just like uh, I'm an amorphous blob as far as I'm concerned because it's like yeah, I really like this aspect of sage m where like i think he gives really good transitional statements or i really like yipes like color when he like kind of adds something that like nobody was thinking about but it it really works for that situation 
um I, and so like stuff like that or like even like sparky said like those just like weird off-color references that still make sense and kind of fit with everything so I, I I add that in every time I, I see something that I really like, which I kind of goes back to Sparky's comment about like, if you want to get into commentary, watch stuff, emulate it, but kind of make it your own and like take the parts that you like. Um, but also I think I'm very jaded in the sense that like one guy at Twitter has to just tag me and say, uh, never talk about greatsword. And I'll be like, okay, never saying that word ever again. So I'm I'm very like, uh, amorphous blob in that aspect but yeah i think i think if i had to describe it it would be like definitely very fgc there was a time where i had to do commentary i, I said that sounds so mean to say i had to um but i did commentary with someone who like their primary experience was cs mm -hmm. commentary and they were like they were like it was before the block and usually you know we're, casters banter a little bit and kind of like you know feel each other out how are you gonna talk and whatnot and he was like hey uh, I don't I haven't been casting this game for a really long time so I'm gonna do a lot of play-by-play -play and you can do analysis I was like okay and then it felt very much like a CSGO block where he's doing all the play-by-play -play, stock gets taken here's my opportunity to talk okay that was really cool love the way that this thing happened blah 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 and then we're back into it but that doesn't work as well in Brahalla as it does in like League or CS because there's that downtime for analysis um which is where like we as a production group have had to adapt is like we give more time for analysis mm -hmm. after the game nowadays because it's like that's where you can actually like take a breather and go okay here's some right. cool things that happened um because i mean like once the game is playing as anyone who's playing it knows it's like it's kind of just go 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 except for those opportunities where somebody's like really just putting a halt to the speed of the game but even then like people want to talk about what's going on there and not hear us talk about our favorite ice cream or whatever you know so it, it is that kind of weird form that like i think has to work for this game gotcha gotcha oh uh one more thing i wanted to add uh also top gear was a huge oh. huge influence with me early on and the then, this, is, this is back like pre i don't know who's running top gear now but this is when it was jeremy and i don't i'm feel bad that i'm forgetting their names right now the other the other two british guys the the little one and then the old one james may and then the little one i can't remember <laughs> his name um but that that was big because that was just like the, their ability to drive in a car and try and make you care about that car beyond just going like hey it's fast it goes zero to 60 in 3.7 seconds and that's fast it turns really well when i turn the steering wheel it makes the car turn in that direction right when i want it to so their ability to like draw all of their passion for cars and turn that into a story about the car and make you care with their analysis of what's going on and relating it to other things and then also the moments of when they're doing the the star and the reasonably priced car where they take like a famous person and they put them in like a crappy car and have them go around the track and see who's the fastest celebrity in a crappy car. Their ability to do like play by play in those moments and make you either laugh or they insult the star or they talk about how well they did and their ability to do that in the play by play moment. I took a lot from that for the star and the reasonably priced car segments, but then also their analysis of when they're driving a Mercedes CLK 750. 
because I'm not like I, I like cars. I think cars are cool. I don't know how an engine works. I don't really know how the car works. You put oil in sometimes. I let I let the dealership handle that. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on with cars. But when they tell me about cars and they tell me the story about MG, it makes me care about MG. And it makes me want to go out and buy an MG and drive an MG and think about the history of MG and all of the engineering and all of the uh, trials and tribulations and the successes and the failures. Like that, that was also a really, really big influence on me early on. MG's uh, Machine Gun Kelly, right? You just didn't <laughs> no, to that's MGK. That's MGK. <laughs> I don't remember what MG yeah, stands for, but their logo was like a it was like a hexagon or an octagon, I think. And it had a big M and then the G in it. I don't know if they still make cards. <laughs> Sparky, this one's not really for you because unlike what most of the community thinks, the, you actually don't work for BMG. <laughs> no, I don't, and I never will. <laughs> Wow! Just, just you like know that. that. No, I say that no, literally all the time. It. He says it all the time. <laughs> say that literally all the time. Not even for a billion dollars. No, especially not for a billion dollars. Because if they have a billion dollars to pay me, they're doing something that I do not morally. Agree. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. But uh, but Duke and Sheepy, you guys actually work for BMG these days. Um, kind of, can you tell me a little bit about like one how that came to be? And and two, kind of like what that transition has been like, and then three, a little bit about what each of you kind of do at the at the company. Uh, Sheepy. Yeah, I will go first. Um, well, I can at least answer like the first question for both of us in a sense, in that about five years ago. That's right. So about five years ago, a lot of stuff was happening in our personal life, and we honestly needed a, a change. And I feel. This is gonna sound kind of weird, but I do feel like the planets kind of aligned for this to happen. But five years ago, we were, you know, dealing with our own personal lives and stuff. And at that time, in like 2018, like early 2018 or something, I think, I think BMG had just been acquired by Ubisoft mm. or something. And at that moment, when I heard that news, I was like, I think maybe this is the change we may need. Um, and so Duke and I talked it out and we just, we just literally decided to apply. Um, they didn't have any job listings or anything quite yet. They were going to, but, but they didn't, they didn't post anything yet. We just heard the news. And of course, by this time, you know, we had relationships with BMG by working through, you know, BCS and stuff. And both Duke and I literally just reached out to Matt and was like, Hey, um, we're interested and in, we heard the news congrats and we're interested if you guys are looking to hire more people and here are the things we can offer to y'all um and it kind of just went off from there uh literally i'm not joking when i said like planets align because matt very uh promptly replied back and was like let's talk um and so duke and i had separate interviews but the point is that's kind of how it happened um we had already a relationship with bmg they needed more people things happened on their side our lives were needing a change and it just happened and we kind of put ourselves out there and um we we got it we reaped the rewards um and so uh not not too long after we actually got hired and we moved from texas um to georgia to to work literally a couple months after 
that in, in the same year. So it, it kind of um, is crazy how that worked out. And I, I truly believe like just things lined up just that's sometimes how life is, you know, like it just lined up that way. And I think it has really helped us out. So I started as an associate producer and now I'm a lead producer um, five years later. And my main things, uh, obviously a lot of, at BMG, we all wear a lot of different hats because you obviously, you know, I'm also an esports host and I help all esports. But my main daily task is I, uh, I manage our creative team on coordinate all the different things uh, that are going into each of our patch updates and keep track of our production schedule and production team and things like that. Um, so I'm, I'm a pretty core part of the process and connecting all of our departments together. So we put out a beautiful, wonderful patch. And what's fun is that, like I said, BMG does, we, we get to wear a lot of different hats. And so not only am I doing all this kind of like logistical stuff, but I, I get to also be a part of the creative process. And so that's been really fun. Creative process being like brainstorming lore or legends, what kind of archetypes, what kind of weapons, what do we want to see in the SIGs? And, um, you know, being part of maybe like design uh, on the art side or talking about features and like what features would be really cool or maybe what we would like to see in the future. And so um, I'm thankful that BMG allows us to be, you know, doing a little bit more like dabble into the things that we're actually interested in as well. So they let us play around in that manner. But yeah, we've been doing this for the last five years uh, and still going. And I'm very grateful and thankful for this opportunity because I will tell you, I never thought I would be in the video game industry ever. Um, I, I, I graduated college with a theater degree, with a uh, Bachelor of Arts in theater with, and dance but with the focus in acting. I never thought <laughs> I would be in the video game industry, okay? Never thought in my life. Um, and I think it has been a genuinely really cool experience to be a part of this industry, especially with BMG, because I do think our studio is kind of different than most other studios. Uh, we're kind of like a big family mm -hmm. in a sense, and it's been really fun. Um, working alongside everyone, being part of the creative process and being able to dabble in all the different things we do, whether it's esports or the creative art stuff or production. So uh, I'm truly thankful for it all. And Duke, I, I don't, you can talk about your experience because you're technically in a different department in a sense. Yeah, I do everything. <laughs> um, I'll say like kind of rewinding back to, to the first part of the question of like how how we ended up working at Brahala. I think the the pathway we took is no longer existent, mm -hmm. I will say. Because we, like, okay, so back in the day, right, it was a much smaller team. They had maybe, they had maybe broken two digits in terms of staffing. And then, um, you know, I was streaming the game, Sparky was streaming the game. Um, there's certain people at the company who really like consuming media made about the game and they really appreciate the kind of content creators of the community. So that kind of put up me on the radar at least of like, oh, this is like a person who's like part of the Brahalla community. And then before we even reached out about working for the company, we wanted to do stuff with the company. So we did stuff like, hey, y'all are coming to Texas. Hey, we're we're from Texas. 
if y'all don't mind, we can come hang out and, you know, help out at the mm -hmm. PAX South booth or the RTX booth or the South by Southwest booth, um, things like that. And so that kind of got us FaceTime with, uh, with you know, Matt and Dolce and Daryl and Dave and, you know, people who, who would come out to these events. So they kind of got to know us. And I think that really helped because, like, I remember one of the first things Matt said was like um, after we after they hired Winan, it was he was like you know seeing how she was at Pack South, I knew that she gets mm. shit done. Like, she's <laughs> a hard worker. Um, That's true. He actually did so, say that. I yeah. also cracked up. <laughs> so I, I think that like that all of that really helped. But I think that that's not really something you could do with you know a major like I couldn't reach out to Bethesda right. and do that you know what I mean so it's it's kind of like a product of when and where like kind of perfect timing like when Ann said with like the stars aligning and then um once again it was like kind of like a perfect timing where we were like hey we're we're looking to, to change up what we're doing in our lives y'all are looking to hire some people and so we reached out um and Matt was very receptive like I think for for me specifically he was just like I want to make sure that what you're doing is a something you're going to enjoy and be something that you can do you know for a whole day and it's not just like something small time that like we have to figure out what we're going to do with this guy we just hired um and once once that was resolved then we were good to go i think my interview process was a lot faster than when Anne's. yeah i i had um, a couple <laughs> yeah mine was just like matt's like okay you 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 can actually do literally my pitch was um at the time uh i don't think it was the entirety of the pitch but at the time i was like hey um y'all are y'all are making you know patches and things like that i know y'all haven't really made anything before but what about patch notes videos that's something i want to work on and he was like oh that's actually a really good idea so like um to transition into what i do now it's it's primarily mm -hmm. video content um you know a lot of the trailers that are put out um a lot of i mean mo pretty much uh anything that gets put out on youtube at this point uh has some sort of filtration through me um and i'm fortunate in that like the the position has expanded to where i get to have people like mm -hmm. sandwick working with me and so that's helped to bring out new content so like you know the duck game video i was really excited to work on and and have put out there's a lot of videos that like people don't know about that just like end up in in production hell because as i'm working on it then you know new content mm -hmm. is getting made and it's like well i gotta drop this video so that i can make a thing about uh you know new legend dropping or whatever also with that kind of like what ann was saying is the um multi hats um i think bmg's is is special in that regard in that like they there, there are times where you know there's a slack channel with everyone in it and and they'll say like at channel this new battle pass is being theorized join it if you want to you know pitch some stuff or whatever and so um you, it, it, there's a lot of ways that you can kind of expand what you're doing like i do a lot of merchandising mm -hmm. for us now um which has been really fun and it's just something that like uh, people who know me know that i care about how things look i care about how <laughs> people are dressed and things like that i'm not gonna criticize how people dress because you know what to each their own but i like to dress well when i can and i like to have that option um so being able to to work with merchandising has been uh super cool it's still relatively new um but yeah it's it's, it's definitely been a, a fun ride and kind of like when Anne was saying i also really appreciate like all the different opportunities that it's afforded me like 
I would never have been able to go to Valencia oh, if it true. weren't for this job, I think. Um, and so like being able to go to these events and, and get to meet people in the community has been uh, super fun. It's been really cool. I know I can be a giant like standoffish person. Like I know I can rest <laughs> in bitch face, but like meeting people has been just like, I will always say that the community has been one of the biggest reasons why I enjoy being a nice. part of this. I mean, yeah, it's it's been great. I mean, we started it from the community and we still, like our main focus is still the community. Even though we're hired, you know, yeah, you sure we're devs now, but we, the community has always been at the top of our like focus and, and care. So uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with the whole, like there's some opportunities that I feel like we would never gotten a chance to do without being where we are with BMG, like the whole Valencia thing. That was my first time in Europe, like ever. Um, I had never, ever even traveled internationally that far before. So it was it was really cool. Um, and I think that's cool too, that even though, you know, Duke's, you know, being a video producer, I'm the lead producer, we still get to do esports stuff. Like we still, like we were still able to, like that's where we started. We worked tournament organizing, esports commentators doing esports and we still get to do esports like i think that's great because i don't know if every company would have allowed that um that grace in a sense we get to, we still get to do those things nice well we're <clears throat> a little over time um which is which is <laughs> totally fine because uh i personally love talking to all of you it's great um <laughs> what else do you like about me you got a nice you got a nice head sparky <laughs> sparks Thanks. sparky what a great head oh and i remembered it's it's richard hammond that is that is the short guy's oh. name on top. Yeah, richard what's 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 the guy in the, the helmet and the white jumpsuit uh the stig yeah. and no one technically knows who that is though there are a lot of theories out there on who yeah, it yeah. is i can't remember what what famous f1 driver is uh a popular popular theory for the stig Danica Patrick. Probably not. No. That one. <laughs> it was uh he's he's like he's like he's like one of the goats. Sparky, I got um, goat. I got one What's last up, question for yeah, you. Baby. Um I I think it's pretty obvious where the inspiration for uh Spitfire came from. Um What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? That's a unique yeah, idea, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 to yeah, totally yeah. unique totally yeah. unique idea. Um Hey Jody. What's uh <laughs> First question is, what 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 has been what what was the best part of kind of like filming that show? Dude, it was a nightmare. And okay, and then what's the worst like, part? <laughs> it was so stressful, about... dude. I, I it was so stressful to do just like trying to make a good show really weighed on yeah. me. Cause like I'm not I'm not the greatest interviewer in the world. You watch five seconds of that, you know that I'm not I'm not Sean Evans. I can never be him. He's he's like he's one of the goats. He also has a team behind him, yeah. but uh, on screen like he's he's the goat. So yeah, what what was I doing again? Just like doing commentary, watching and emulating. Mm -hmm. So it was really 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 hard to also like try to make chicken salad out of a chicken excrement. Because especially when it started, like the like these players didn't have an online footprint whatsoever. Right. 
it would be like they would occasionally get on Twitter after a tournament and be like, this tournament sucks, uh, this patch is bad, I, I hate Brawlhalla, it's the worst game. But other than that, like there were not that many people putting things out there that I could draw from. Like Sean Evans can like figure out where Cardi B went to high school. Yeah. And things like that. So that that was really tough to find like enough things to make a long form show that was really tough and then also having to coordinate production and wasting hours and hours of production's time in a tournament setting where they have a lot of things to do even if i'm not there wasting their time they're going to be up till two three sometimes they won't sleep at all especially when it was like toast and left stick and v just trying to run production as bagel right back in the day when we were talking about like final round 2019 mm -hmm. so it was it was just it was really difficult to do and obviously like the toll on my stomach like it, it, it wasn't great uh i threw up in the olympic stadium on the floor in in the top floor on my way to the bathroom when i did back to backs that oh. tournament because we did we did little captain i throw and then i did pugsy because we need we needed it to get two and one and i ended up throwing up all over the floor uh, I, I wiped it up. Relax. <laughs> I wiped it up. I did as as best as I could. Um, there's probably a puke stain still on that top floor because I don't even know we were supposed to be up there. But um, that was really tough. Uh, but the good things, there are good things. Uh, it, it was I, I, I was proud of it. I was proud of the work that I put in and the work that also like Creed helped me a lot with uh, like trying to scrape people's online footprint and figure out what we can get off uh, interesting information about them. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was proud of it, and I thought it was, like, something, even though, of course, it was a completely stolen idea and a not unique idea for Brawlhalla, and even, like, for esports in general. Like, we kind of made Spitfire before, I think, uh, Hungrybox did his yeah. thing. Oh, wands yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hot, yeah, hot, hot wands. So we kind of did that before he did that, and we recognized that format and how that... Uh, would relate into esports mm. and be something cool. So I was I was really proud of that, and I thought that was really really neat. Um, also, the relief whenever it was done, <laughs> uh, I was so happy every time we were finished. It was great. Um, yeah, but I I, th I thought it was really interesting, and I'm glad I did it. And hearing like people still occasionally talk about it, like I got a Twitter notification the other day from someone who was like, "Hey, when's the next episode of Spitfire coming out?" Uh, I'm, I can only watch season one so many times. It's like, oh, sorry, it's canceled now. Uh, it's not really feasible to do. It's very difficult, especially with the time constraints that we have. Uh, it was, and also a lot of work beyond what I did. I probably, of all the people that were involved in it, I probably did the least work because I put in a handful of hours doing research and formulating the questions and then, of course, filming it. But we also had, there's a lot of editing that goes into that because there's multiple cameras, there's audio, there's multimedia mm -hmm. added in. Talking about production hell, Duke has the final episode of Spitfire that will come out one day. One day it'll <laughs> come out with our, our biggest guest yet. Um, but like even when, uh, even when Creed did it, Creed did it I think one time early on and it took him like weeks to just like, he messaged me one day on Discord and was like, yeah, I finished the audio pass. And it's like, oh my gosh, dude, there was just so much invested in that, that it didn't really make sense to keep it mm. going because it was, it was hours and hours of labor.
for something that ultimately ended up being, you know, 30 minutes, which I was proud of, but it was just really tough to get everything together and then not have it released three months, four months, five months after we filmed it, just because there's so much that goes into it. And also at the time, which we don't have anymore, unfortunately, but hopefully, hopefully one day uh, we can get Meet the Pros mm. back. And I thought when Dobrain did Meet the Pros, that accomplished a similar goal to what I was trying with Spitfire, but he did it a lot more quickly with uh, a, a lot more brevity mm -hmm. in it. Uh, it came out much more quickly. You could get more people involved in it rather than like, okay, well, you're limited to the number of lands per year. So if I want more, do I try to do the back-to-back -back again? That went well. It's canceled. <laughs> I, I really wish I could hit the back-to-back -back one more time because I think I could handle uh, it now. I think I could do it without throwing uh, it. BCX is in... Just BCX do it for fun. No, I, I don't Nobody's wanna, stopping I'm not going to do it for fun. I'm not going to do it for fun. <laughs> you just sound yeah. like you need a team, Rami. You just need a team. I don't I don't need a team. I don't need it. No one needs to give me a team. <laughs> I never need to be in charge of a team. I'm not the right person to have a team. That would just be bad. I'm good being part of a team, but I don't need to be in charge of a team. Okay. But yeah, I really I really like Spitfire and I was really proud with the the product that we made. And at the time with like Meet the Pros coming in more and getting more and more people on Meet the Pros, I was happy to like kind of move move beyond Spitfire into like the next generation of how we humanize these players who, especially at the time, like did a horrible job of humanizing themselves. Yeah. And it was um, it was something that uh, Slime said with regards to the podcast that he used to do alongside Ludwig mm. called Off the Sticks. And everyone's always like, oh, bring off the sticks back. We miss off the sticks. I'm one of those people. I loved off the sticks. And then it was something that Slime said about, like, it's it's okay for things to end. Mm -hmm. It's important for things to end. And it's important for things to end at the right time. Ending on a high note is great rather than overstaying your welcome. So it's really important as the creator of something to understand when something does end and when it should mm -hmm. end and that that like resonated in the back of my mind when i was trying to figure out once we got back to like the normal schedule that we're on currently because obviously spitfire took a huge hiatus while we were on during COVID. i wasn't going to do it remote one because it's not feasible to ship like a hundred dollars worth of hot sauce to another person wherever they live and two i wasn't going to do that remote that was just that would have been a yeah. horrible experience so uh, it, it would have drastically affected the product in an extremely negative way and i would have not wanted to do it like that so like there were thoughts about okay do i bring it back because this year's a normal year we have lands again do i want to bring it back and i was like you know what it's it, it was essentially over for several years during mm. covid and i don't think there was this huge vacuum there was not this huge hole where spitfire used to be because meet the pros existed and obviously a lot of players are more like they show their personality right. more a lot on twitter than they used to or streaming on twitch or making youtube videos much more than they used to so it, it didn't feel like there was this giant vacuum where spitfire used to exist and didn't mm -hmm. anymore so i was happy to be like okay I'll, we'll film the one at the BCX that happened last year. It'll be our best guest. It'll be like a, a more or less dream guest that I wanted to have. And we'll make that the final one. And it'll come out whenever it comes out. And we'll put it to bed. And I'll be happy with the work that we all did. So, Duke, when is that episode coming out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... um. The, the funny thing is that is like... It's two-thirds made. And then, like I said, just other things got got added to the stack. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's without... it's it's not it's not it's not yeah. time based. It's not hugely important. There are no brand deals up in the air for it. So it, it being in production hell is absolutely where it should be because he's he's got enough on his plate. Other important things that are much more important than Spitfire. Without leaking too much, there's literally three videos that are just unlisted and not uh, like presented to the community yet that like were made. So there's a lot of stuff that like it just for various reasons, doesn't quite make it out the door for, for everyone's eyes to see. Um, but that one is, it's it's on the stack. It's just um, on a very big stack. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, man, this has been great. Um, if there, so for last question for everyone, if there's anything specific that you would like to say to just like the, the general Brawlhalla community, what would you like to communicate like just while you're here? When Anne, you go first. Um, I mean, I I feel like I say this a lot, whether you hear me on dev streams or whatever, or, I, but I I truly mean it. Um, just honestly, thank you, <laughs> thank you for playing Brahalla, right? Because I'm a dev now, but I don't feel like I would. I don't know that our community is actually something special, like for the good and the bad and everything in between. I really do truly think that our community is special and um, bef before Brahalla, I, I had never experienced, I guess, being in a like community, whether it's gaming or not. Um, I, I just never experienced that. And um, coming from the community, I mean, just way back when, like, seriously, everyone was really like just very open. Everyone was very open, very helpful. Um, and honestly, some of our closest friends now are literally because we met them through the Brawlhalla community. Um, so it's just kind of like, I I'm just so grateful that one, that existed back then. And now it's even bigger than ever. And that um, it's still going and growing. And um, it's amazing. And um, I, I truly don't think Brawlhalla could even continue to reach its goals and milestones and things like that without the community like truly so um i i honestly am very very grateful for the community from the community that i came from where we started all small and humble till now where it's humongous and there's so many new people all the time and you know nowadays people recognize what brahala is like i've definitely gotten stopped before and because i'm wearing a brahala t-shirt they're just like Brahalla and I'm like yeah <laughs> um and so it's just like I feel like ah uh, this sounds so corny but it's true I feel really like just blessed and grateful I, I came from a great community from the from the very beginning I was able to go through this journey and then become a dev and as a dev I'm very happy and grateful that the community is still around is growing they're strong and that i get to kind of in a sense create stuff for them right so like i said we're always actually very focused on the community um and and what they would like to see and do and i feel like it's always been that way at least for me so i i feel like that's the most that's what i want to say <laughs> to everyone is literally just thank you thank you for playing for holland we're being so open and allowing me to come into this community in the first place. So it's been awesome. <laughs> Sparky. Keep buying skins. <laughs> Keep buying battle passes. 
So keep, you got sub to the Twitch. Keep buying crossovers. Uh, sub to the Twitter too. Make sure too. to uh, watch the in-game things that like give you the gold when you finish uh-huh. watching them yeah, for, yeah, the, yeah, for yeah. The, the, the the sponsored content. The sponsored sub video. To the uh, keep watching tournaments so that I can keep doing this because turn off your ad block. It's like it, it's it's been the way that like like when Ann said like I've met some of my my closest friends. And been able to like keep in touch with them, but also like Duke and Manan. This is something that like I've been able to continue to work with them and continue to see them and deepen our relationship. Because like yeah, our our ten year relationship, ten plus year now at this point, would have have lasted if we didn't have Brawlhalla. But it would have been like, hey, do you want to play video games today? Uh, no, I'm busy. Sorry, maybe we'll get another day or something like that but no i get to like i get to sit down for hours and hours and hours throughout any given weekend and spend time with my absolute closest and best friends in the entire world and especially now that when ann's on the desk as well like it's <laughs> what that's <else? laughs> that's 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 truly the blessing that that comes from all this like yeah the community is great i like the community and all that but selfishly like this has deepened me duke and when ann's relationship so much and i'm so glad that we've had this no. Just know if we didn't have Brahala, we would be playing Call of Duty <laughs> with Riot Shield. I'm not playing with Winan. I'm not playing Call of Duty anymore. That's, that's all we, we would do. That's, that's what we would do. We run around with Riot Shields and C4s trying to get gold Riot Shields. Um, yeah, that was uh, awful when we did that, dude. That was horrible. <laughs> so and then when we played Halo 4, it was awful. <laughs> Ugh. Thank God um, Brahala exists, dude. <laughs> Uh, like has been said, obviously, thank you to the community, but um, I think to the people out there who are sitting on any sort of fence, well, not any sort of fence, I'll, I'll, I'll backpedal a little bit because there's always someone who's going to be like, what about the fence between Nazism? And I'll be like, no, um, but like, just do it. Like, do, if you want to be a part of the community. <laughs> That's why I said not that fence. 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 He did say not um, that fence. Yeah, and y'all thought I was gonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like, I I think I, I I have a firm belief that you get what you put in. So the more energy you put into a thing, the more you'll get back. So the more you try to be a part of the community, the more you're willing to be vulnerable and put yourself out there. The more that people are going to be receptive to that, recognize that energy that you're putting out there and want to engage with you. And I think this community, like I haven't been a part of that many communities. Yeah, there's some problem people in the community, but ultimately this community is actually pretty great. And you go to events like BCX and you meet your online friends and you can have uh, a great time just hanging out and and just like chatting with these people. Like that's literally like, again, I, I'm very appreciative for the community that has been built around this game. Cause like that that is, it's what's kept me going a lot of times is like, I, I remember we had PAX South and a Blanc and Pots and Pans were like, hey, let's hang out in a hotel room. And we we're like, okay. And we went to the hotel room and Blanc would not stop playing Taylor Swift songs, <laughs> which honestly ahead of the times in some ways. I love it. Uh, and, and it was just like, it's just like experiences that you will not forget because it is just such a a fun community. Um, and then again, back to the whole just do it thing. It's like if you want to get into commentary, uh, you are going to have to fail. It sucks. It is painful. It's uncomfortable. But like, just just try to do it. If you want to get into toing, just start doing it. If you want to be a esports photographer, bring your camera to an event. Nobody's going to stop. Well. 
I'm not going to stop. You. <laughs> um, so like, I, I think again, just like if, if you want to be a part of this and you think that you can contribute or that you just like think it'd be a good experience and something fun to do, do it. That's how I feel. Yeah, you can get literally anything you want from this community. I don't want to say there's something for everyone because that's like lame and cheesy and cliche, but there's something for everybody here. And everybody at one point in this community was essentially more or less like no one. Mm. I was no one at one point. Duke was no, no one at one point. Winan was no one at one point. Atrophius was no one at one point. Daiku was no one at one point. At one point, his name, back when he used to join our lobbies in 2015, his name was Nairo MK fan. I remember he joined and I was like, <laughs> yo, is this actually Nairo? Is this the real? <laughs> but no like at one point everybody was just another brahala community member and if that's all you ever want to be that's just as important as any other role in the brahala community so you can have anything you want you can be a commentator you can be a top player you can be a ranked warrior you can be part of production you can create silly memes and put them on twitter like you can do whatever you want in this community but you like you have you have to do it it's important that you do it no one is going to like pluck you out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that play this game like there are no industry plants here no one's no one's gonna be like oh, i bet this i bet this guy rules i'm gonna i'm gonna ride or die for this guy right here this random guy that i played in ranked yesterday so yeah like you just like you gotta get there you gotta you gotta figure out what you want from the community and then figure out how you can get it and figure out how other people did it and try and watch and emulate yeah i i i i i super agree with that because i mean partly because i said it but like you know <laughs> yeah you got people like baron right like you just if yeah. you're just a dude who's just like who cares about a thing like von oh, yeah. is is one of my favorite like people like he just was a guy who was passionate about esports and started making videos talking about players like if if there's a, a role that you are interested in just start doing it and you will find your way and people will start being receptive to it. And if they're not, somebody's going to give you feedback. And it's, again, how you take that feedback that ultimately defines whether or not you're going to proceed. Um, but I, I ultimately think, like, as far as actual advice goes, just, like, you have to be willing to go out there and fail. And then also buy skins and buy battle <laughs> and so that I, so that I, can, keep, I can keep doing this. And watch the watch the sponsored content in the game, and make sure to also watch community tournaments. Sparky, yeah, yeah enough people honestly, don't watch community tournaments. Like those are true. really important, and they, they are. like those those like that's where uh, champions are created. Watch more community tournaments. Enough people don't watch community tournaments. I know there's a million and a half going on. You don't have to watch every one. No one has that kind of time. But like there are important tournaments going on every single week, and we need to watch more community tournaments. Shout out Slow Motion, shout out AJ, shout yeah. out yeah. Sal. Yes. There's so many great There's so many. people out there. Shout like, out Insig, shout out Bearded yeah. Brawl, shout out Insig Brawl, shout out Moose War, shout out SSL, like you just said. There's a bunch of people out there. I mean, that's where we yep. started. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. So go watch, support community tournaments. I mean, that's where some of our current casters started was yeah. doing, the, you know, Brawl yeah, League and whatnot, so. Yeah, shout out Brawley too. I forgot. Sparky, you Sparky, you do a really horrible job at convincing people you don't work for BMG. Well, I mean, I I, I don't. I can show you my. I I don't remember what I get from BMG. It's a ten ninety nine. I think it's a oh, ten ninety nine. Independent contractor. Because I'm an independent contractor. You're not a W two. I think I I got I got my. You gotta be yeah, showing your ten ninety nine right do now. That. I, Can we not, not do, do that? that? Oh, oh, you actually? 
Leak the social security stop number. Jody, stop him. Self-talk. Jody, stop him. Stop him. stop him right now, Jody. Yeah, no, Jody. my my, uh, my social's blocked out. I, you don't. Uh, what? All right. It's safe. <laughs> you yeah. Is this how Are we does? doing this? Don't make yeah, it. Hold on. It's Photoshop. Don't make it's my Photoshop. editing job harder, Sparky. Not real. Rammy. Rammy, no, it's stop fine. it. I'll cover it. It's fine. Everything's okay. Jody, stop him. Jody. Everything's Gossian okay. Blur. Everything's Let's okay. Smack that. Here we go. Yeah, oh I, I, I think we're good. I think we we're go. good. So you can see here. Oh my god. Zoom in here. here. What am I seeing? I can't see you anything. You can see Blue Mammoth Games, Blue Mammoth Games LLC. LLC. You can see it's a 1099 NEC. The NEC stands for Non-Employee Compensation. <laughs> is that, so this that's is your, your proof? proof? Yeah. yeah, I that's feel like proof. that's pretty good proof. <laughs> yeah, how old is that, though? Is that is that uh, six years old? Uh, it's for calendar year 2022. Okay, yeah, so, so it's you, a year old. You so you, been hired so this you year. got hired this year, then. No, I didn't get hired this year. All right, I'll, 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 pull, up, I'll pull up my bank <laughs> no, statement. No, don't. It's fine. Okay, all right. I'll pull, yeah, I'll pull down. my Bank of America okay, right no. now, and I'll show you the paycheck that I got for my actual job He does not work for BMG. Rammy does not work for BMG. All right, we'll call it there. Thanks, Sparky. Now you know. There's unequivocal proof. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. This was this was great. Um Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank Thanks you, for Trophius, us. for having us. This was fun. Right. Well, that was episode nine. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Bye, everybody. Thanks for watching episode 9 of Brawlhalla Origins. The season finale, episode 10, comes out next week on November 20th. Our next guest is the man himself, the one and only Foda, recorded live at BCX. Leave a comment on YouTube or tweet at me with the hashtag Brawlhalla Origins to let me know your thoughts on the show. If you enjoyed this and want to see more, please subscribe and share. Don't forget to check out BrawlAcademy.com. Thanks.